0: My name is Ray Park. You may know me as playing Darth Maul, the Phantom Bone Wars, and also Solo at Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast. The Force is strong with you all. And remember, sit Hey, this is Dominic Pace who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best and may the Force be with you. Just when I thought I was going to meet One of the people that I've been looking up to for decades now. I think it's been decades. I come home to this news. Damon Lindelof is no longer doing a Star Wars film. And probably not going to show up to London for sure now. I was just saying on our Facebook group that I'm going to meet Andy Serkis in about two weeks. That's going to be a dream come true. And now we get this. I mean, it, it boggles the mind how many big-time directors and writers Star Wars loses. It. If you were to tell me that the Lucasfilm would hire and then essentially fire all these big names. I wouldn't believe you, but this is the reality now. If you're watching this on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, tell me what you think. Let us know what you think about this. You just might be learning of this. I just learned of it a few minutes ago. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think I spent the entire day today thinking about Celebration and about this new upcoming film that we're going to get or series of films. And... Now it's not going to happen via Damon Lindelof, who I was really excited for a lot like I was excited for J.J. Abrams to take over Star Wars and do the thing. And we've talked about a lot on the podcast how if you're a huge fan of Star Wars, you come into Star Wars. What a super pressurized thing to do If, if you're a fan of the thing and then you try and create the thing you love the most for the career that you've chosen for yourself. How hard is that? How much pressure is that? It's It's got to be the most pressure on any director or writer to do a Star Wars film when you're a huge, massive Star Wars fan. And Damon Lindelof actually said it. He said it in an interview that he did at South by Southwest, I believe. And we read it yesterday on the podcast. And it makes a whole lot of sense to me. It makes a whole lot of sense what Damon Lindelof said. I'm trying to find it right here. He said, I will just say that for reasons. I'll put his picture back up here. So i not stare at me, read. I will just say that for reasons that I can't get into on this Sunday morning, on this day, the degree of difficulty is extremely, extremely, extremely high, which I totally agree with. If it can't be great, it shouldn't exist. I agree with that, too. Lindelof said, that's all I'll say. Because I have the same association with it as you do, which is, it's the first movie I saw sitting in my dad's lap, four years old, May of 1977. I think it's possible that sometimes when you hold something at such high reverence and esteem, you start to get in the kitchen and you just go, Maybe I shouldn't be cooking. Maybe I should just be eating. We'll just leave it at that point. Which is very ominous. That's a very ominous thing to say. Uh, such a tough deal. And I think I was listening to someone today talk about everyone that Lucasfilm has employed that has left or gone somewhere else or got fired or mysterious circumstances happened. And you go all the way back to 2015 when I was in the audience at Celebration watching Gareth Edwards. And Josh Trank was a no-show. He was going to direct, the, I almost said, The Book of Boba Fett. It, apparently, he was going to do a Boba Fett film, and that fell through. Benioff and Weiss, who a lot of people forget about, the Game of Thrones guys, they went over to Netflix, and they haven't even done the thing for Netflix yet. Then you got Lord Miller with Solo. It's an incredible thing. Is this common with other studios? It's 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 a very interesting thing. I don't know, I'm just kind of puzzled by it all. But there's an article, there's several articles now. This one's on comicbook.com and I'm going to share it here, share my screen. So this just dropped on comicbook.com about an hour ago. It says, new Star Wars movie loses Damon Lindelof before filming begins. Less than a week after Damon Lindelof spoke about the pressure and doubts about delivering a Star Wars film, a new report indicates that a filmmaker, along with Justin Britt Gibson, have exited the Star Wars project. So, two people, Lindelof and Justin Britt Gibson. According to Above the Line, while Lindelof and Britt Gibson have both exited the project, Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy is still slated to direct and and production on the film is reported to start in February 2024 with the film still on a December 2025 release, which that 2025 release date, it almost seems like it's cursed. We say it all the time on the podcast, six years in between Star Wars films. That's an incredibly long time between Star Wars films this day and age. When film is a thing that makes studios money, What is the bottleneck? what's What's keeping Lucasfilm from churning out these films? We talk about it all the time. There's so many projects they can just do and get done. And Star Wars is one of those beloved franchises that it's not hard to find someone that will work on a Star What What is the bottleneck? I I just... This is incredible. And what other filmmakers slash writers are out there that are huge Star Wars fans that have the clout like a Damon Lindelof are left? Now they're going to... It's defaulted to people in Hollywood that have not proven themselves essentially to, to carry on the star Wars legacy, unless these people from these people, like, like the Christopher Nolans of the world and David Fincher's of the world come back and say, okay, I'll do star Wars. Well, I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that after the last Jedi, I don't think we're going to get, people on that level to come back and do Star Wars. I don't know. This is this is just amazing. It's kind of mind-blowing. And on comicbook.com, it uh, goes on to state, according to the report, Lindelof and Brick Gibson turned in a draft of their script in mid-February, then parted ways with the entitled Star Wars project just a few days later. So this happened in February, which is Interesting. The report goes on to indicate that Lucasfilm already has a new writer on board. Though who that writer is was not noted. Lindelof's Star Wars movie was first reported last March. No plot details about the project have ever been revealed. Lindelof recently spoke about the pressure of making a great Star Wars film in comments to Slashfilm at South by Southwest, which I just read. This is just the latest Star Wars-related upheaval in recent weeks. Earlier this month, it was reported that both Patty Jenkins' Star Wars Rogue Squadron and Entitled movie produced by Marvel Studios chief Kevin Feige were no longer in the works at Lucasfilm. Though other films, including the film that Lindelof was attached to, as well as a film from Thor 11 Thunder, filmmaker Taika Waititi were still in the works at the studio. What do you guys think about this Star Wars movie update? I think it's it's wild. It's... I'm sitting over here thinking it's like, I mean, just add Lindelof to the list of these huge names that are attached to Star Wars and then leave for whatever reason. And I know Damon Lindelof is is made in Hollywood. I mean, he can pretty much do whatever he wants. Um, Watchmen, the HBO series was fantastic. It was incredible. And there were stories about that whole writer's room thing that he started after. 2022 celebration last year and Filoni was a part of it I think the thing now is just to get Filoni to do the film put him at the head of it I'm not sure what his plans are with Ahsoka I'm pretty sure he wants to continue an Ahsoka series on Disney Plus but with Iger saying he wants to pull the, the the foot off the pedal on doing Star Wars shows the place where you make the money is is film So I guess we'll kind of see. I just wonder how that interaction goes between Lindelof and and the heads of of Lucasfilm, especially Kathleen Kennedy. Um, How does does someone in that position go and tell the head of a studio, um, I want to leave because I don't think this is good enough? That's essentially, I think, what The outcome of all this is Lindelof didn't think this was a great story, so he exited. He couldn't couldn't essentially crack the code. And I think the big question that people don't really ask is, where do you go after the sequel trilogy? There's a few spots you can go, but if you're going to continue on, it has to be a surefire hit. And for for Damon Lindelof and a whole entire writer's room of people he trusts can't crack that code, that's an incredible thing. It, it's going to have to be an unknown, or it's going to have to be maybe Dave Filoni sitting in there, coming up with a huge plan. Hey, what's up, Derpy? Nice to see you back. Did you hear the news? Lindelof is no longer doing a Star Wars film. <laughs> I just can't believe it. It's it's mind-boggling to me. This is just wild news. This is just another kind of thing that Lucasfilm under Disney has just failed on. Just I mean, we're losing so many talented people. Well, what is it? And when Damon gave us that that speech, essentially, about the film has to be great or else it shouldn't exist. I didn't think that was gloom and doom. I thought that was like, we're going to get it done type, type of coaching, you know? I mean, they're going to make it happen. But I guess it was gloom and doom. He was already off the project because South by Southwest just happened. In Austin, and it's man, it's it, this is wild. Yeah, Derpy Old Republic stuff is probably the best way to go. Um, I think it's one of the one of the best ways to go, actually, because I mean, you got Old Republic stuff, even High Republic stuff would be interesting. Tie into the books. Or just do the books. And the big thing I think Lucasfilm can do is just make the books into live action stuff. And you can change a little bit. They've already established that live action usurps whatever's in written words. So why don't you just do that? Yeah, the Old Republic would be really cool. You'd have to cast like really good stars, I think, for Old Republic type stuff. Yeah, Andor to me, I mean, it's it's terrific writing, but for me personally, and I love the fact that they brought Andy Serkis back. I love Diego Luna. I love. That in season two, we're going to get Alan Tudyk back as K2SO. But it just, for me, it it doesn't give me what I think the Mandalorian gives me. Like, iconic, classic Star Wars. And the Star Wars lore that I've always wanted to see on screen. But yeah, this this news is just wild. I I just, I don't know what to say. It's just another name and a long line of names that have just kind of exited Star Wars. And I mean, the list is so long that I think we miss a few every time we list them. Derpy says on YouTube, yeah, if I were to do an Old Republic, the tone has to be similar to Andor and the writing that throws people off is the pace. Yeah, I know Benioff and Weiss was going to do something along the lines of the very first Jedi and the Jedi Order being established. But there are some great visuals that we still haven't seen on screen. An army of Sith going up against an army of Jedi. We've seen that in video game animatics, but we haven't seen that in live action. Which BioWare did a terrific job showing what the possibilities could be. But I'm not quite sure if that jives with George Lucas' of Star Wars and Dave Filoni's idea of where Star Wars needs to be. I mean, it, it seems like Lucasfilm has established there's a time and place, primarily the video games, where you can do that type of thing, but... Yeah, Derpy says, "Amanda's too much member berries and testified humor for me anymore. Season three is that a drugs. And I'm not a fan. I love it. It's. It's, it's basically Favreau and Filoni playing with action figures and, and doing the whole continuation of the original trilogy. That's the way I see it. And even Lucas did things like oh well Anakin Skywalker made C3PO okay what a coincidence but i mean it's it's still to me a fairy tale that's the lens i view it in it's it's a fairy tale told to kids and it's not something steeped in strict reality and or is but traditional star wars yep it is true Apparently all these stories are being ran right now about Damon Lindelof exiting the movie. And it's just two weeks before Celebration. I was going to see him in in London. And now, no, nothing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so Slash Film had the exclusive right here, and they thought his movie was in doubt. It's not the movie that is in doubt; it was Damian Lillard actually knowing the fact that he was not going to work on on this Star Wars film, this newly Star Wars film that's about to be announced in London at Celebration in about two weeks' time here. And now he's gone, and so is a writer, Justin Britt Johnson, I believe his name was, but the director is still attached. And right there, right in the middle, you see Damon Lindelof's quote. I will just say, this is for reasons that I can't get into this Sunday morning, on this day, the degree of difficulty is extremely, extremely, extremely high. So what does he mean? I'm thinking that he just couldn't crack the code. Is that the thing? Or he couldn't work with everyone in the writer's room to be on the same page as him, maybe? Because... We all know that Lindelof is, has been a fan since. He could record thoughts in his brain, essentially. Yeah, we don't, we don't actually know casting. We just, we just knew that Lindelof was attached as a writer. We knew about the writers' room, the Sunflower. You brought up the writers' room that happened after 2022 when Dave Filoni was a part of it. That's the rumor. But yeah, Lindelof is gone. Yeah, I did see the announcement that uh, Victoria Alonso is gone from Marvel. And she was there since the very beginning. And she was their executive. um, I think the only female executive head of Marvel. So that was interesting as well, too. That kind of really caught me off guard. Yeah, I read that too, Miss Sunflower. Um, I thought Filoni was in his writer's room. Apparently, he was. So I think the next logical step is to put Filoni in charge of this movie, and and have him kind of steward the films. Now I think he's. I think we've been building up to that. I think everyone can agree that that's really the roadmap for Filoni. He's been getting his practice. It started all the way back. According to Freddie Prince Jr., it started with Rogue One, but that's all been debunked by several people. Hal Hickel, Carrie Witta, and I think uh, Pablo Hidalgo as well have said that no, that wasn't true. Gareth Edwards directed the hallway scene for Vader in Rogue One. But Filoni was there on set with Ryan Johnson for The Last Jedi, trying to learn stuff. And then he's kind of continued up to the point where he has his own Disney Plus show. If Ahsoka is a mega hit, they're going to have to do something with Filoni in, in the film arena. They're just going to have to. But that's that's kind of a big gamble, too, because Filoni's film, we're just talking to hypotheticals here. If Filoni's film doesn't hit, oh, man, it's going to stick Star Wars films in, in a weird, strange place. Because I think that's the big gamble. Miss Sunflower says, I wish that story group abolished. I don't hear anything good from those group of people. Well, the story group is a collection of men and women that essentially make sure that the stories from filmmakers, directors, writers don't conflict with existing canon. In future projects. That is my understanding. Of what the story group actually is. They're kind of malnamed. Because the story group doesn't come up with stories. They just kind of second check. The work of. Like what they did with The Last Jedi. With Ryan Johnson. Made sure that he didn't stray away too far. A good example is J.J. Abrams. He actually wanted to blow up Coruscant. But the story group was like, uh, yeah, you can't do you can't blow up Coruscant because it's involved in too many projects in the future. So that's how we got Hosni and Prime and they blew that up instead. in The Force Awakens. So Miss Sunflower asked, uh, so there will be no movie announcements in Star Wars Celebration. There will be the movie still happening, but Linda Loft and another writer aren't attached. Uh, The original director's attached and there's a mystery writer. Attached to the film. So we're still going to get the announcement. But Linda Lindelof isn't going to be in London with us. (laughs) So yeah. The movie is still in production. It's not canned. Um, Now we got the talks of the Taika Waititi movie happening. And uh, there's reports that he wants to be in it. Or maybe star in it. So we still might get the two film announcements. During the Lucasfilm panel on Friday. Friday morning London time which is 11 a.m. London time. Filoni is not part of the story group. He is a creative executive head of Lucasfilm, along with Doug Chang and someone else. I keep, I keep on forgetting the other person. but um, And Doug Chang is the vice president of Lucasfilm as well, but he's also creative. Yeah, we don't know who exactly is going to continue on. Um, there is someone uh, that's being stated by this uh, these articles that are out right now that someone has essentially replaced Damon Lindelof on this, but we just don't know who. Derpy says, did I get skipped? I think I might have skipped you. I think this is the one. Uh, there's literally no motivation for that character that tricked you. No, my theory is a specific established villain will show up. And that name's Moff Gideon, which is their motive behind that character. Yeah, there's there's so many theories right now. Who attacked Bo's castle? Is it is it Moff Gideon, another warlord? Is it going to be Thrawn? Um, kind of tough to say, weird to say at this point. So, someone on Facebook, we don't know, says, no. So, Miss Sunflower, we all thought, we were all doubting that Taika's movie was going to get made, but apparently it is. That's going to be one of the films that's going to be announced, according to all these media outlets. So, oh, hey, what's up, Ted? So, yeah, it's, uh, it's official. Lindelof is gone right when I was about to see him in the flesh in London. I guess I'm going to wait till a different con or something, or just bump into him on the street. So yeah, I'm I'm a pretty big Lindelof fan, from from Lost to Prometheus, from Watchmen on on HBO Max. I was really looking forward. Maka, what's up, man? you're saying you're not really familiar with Lindelof. Is this a big loss? I think it's a big loss because he's one of us that actually has credibility in making projects, making making projects that are memorable, making projects that are of quality. I mean, he's responsible for Lost, the TV show. Um, I maybe you've missed the story about Damon Lindelof's origin story. He was going into a meeting at Bad Robot, and J.J. Abrams walked out of his office to the lobby, and Damon Lindelof will tell you, he made one of the best fashion choices of his life wearing his old, original Fanthatrax quarter-sleeve T-shirt that he was using as a nightshirt when he was a little kid, so it was bigger, so he grew into it and was wearing it as an adult, and that got the conversation rolling between Lindelof and Abrams and then they collaborated on Lost. JJ did the pilot episode. Then Lindelof and Carlton Cuse took over and they made all those seasons of Lost which were really really great. Um we all I think know now that Lost was kind of laying the train tracks while the train was moving. So they really didn't know where they, where they were going, but at a certain point they said okay, we got to end it. And of course, the controversy with the ending of that series happened. It was an okay ending. It, it wasn't the greatest. A lot of people did not like it. They compared it to something akin to like what happened with The Sopranos, and it was kind of an artistic thing. The lost ending wasn't as artistic as The Sopranos, but the lost ending was kind of predictable, and it kind of went kind of full circle. So, hey, what's up, Tim? <sighs> Man, the Taika being overrated thing. I think that's something we really should talk about. I think when given the time and the full concentration of Taika, I think he can make great things. But now Tyke is somewhat of a celebrity. He's he's dating a celebrity. He's chummy with everyone. He has multiple plates spinning. So many projects that he's involved with. TV, film. And then we got Thor 11 Thunder, which wasn't the... the it's probably one of the worst Marvel films. I think critically and, and just basic audience response to it was not good. And... It's it's. I mean, I'm just a fan. I'm not there on set, but there's, I mean, possibly a lack of concentration on on Tyka's part, and the fact that I think he was very very highly revered and exalted once once he did Thor Ragnarok, and then he won an Academy Award for screenplay, I believe, for Jojo Rabbit, and that just like put him on a different level and. He's not the hot guy anymore that he used to be as far as job in in Hollywood. And it was shocking to all of us that he said he wanted to come back, make the film. He's like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I want to come back and I want to make this film and I want to actually be in it. I have no problems with that, but I mean, they got to take their time. This 2025 movie has to be a hit. It has to, it's not going to do what 99 and 2015 did. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be that by any means. It's. It's not gonna have the hype. It's not gonna perform. Star Wars. We talk about it on the podcast. It had three kind of reincarnations. It had 1977, which was the beginning. Then it was gone for a long time after 1983. The 1999 hit with Episode One, the Phantom Menace. That was huge. I think that was the biggest. Movie thing that I've ever seen in my life. And then 2015, that would probably be the second biggest. So Derpy says, uh, who's the mystery big baddie and the motivation for uh, Leia Kane's, Leia Kane uh, actions and why we're shown that, that outcome of the scientists? I think the Inception is the outcome with Dr. Pershing um, and the reason why he was heavily intertwined and interwoven into and given a character to have a guy with a cloning patch is is the lead-up to the sequel trilogy and the bridge to Snoke. I think that's what we're all kind of expecting. Yeah, Bantha tracks. That was the original Star Wars newsletter. And, man, I, I wish back then my brothers—I wasn't born yet. My brothers were, and I wish they would have signed up for that and gotten T-shirts— says, I think she still has loyalty to Gideon. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's kind of a double agent in a way. She's pretty evil. And she's eating those dark side cookies there. Miss Sunflower says, I was just listening to another podcast last night and they were talking about the upcoming Star Wars movie announcements in London. I n- now it looks like there will be none. I know there's going to be movie announcements. It's just Lindelof is gone. He's no longer attached and he basically gave us the soundbite that, kind of, is his thoughts and feelings. He he's saying, that a Star Wars film, to create a star, to be a um, a huge fan of Star Wars and to have to create a film, the degree of difficulty is extremely 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 high. I agree. I I still remember back in 2014, I was listening to podcasts. Our podcast didn't exist then, but I remember listening to multiple different podcasts talk about the job that J.J. was given. He turned it down at first. You can't forget that. He turned it down. Brad Bird turned down the job. Christopher Nolan turned down the job. David Fincher turned down the job. But then it seems like the way the story went, Kathleen Kennedy re-pursued J.J. Because if people don't know the story of J.J. Abrams, J.J. Abrams actually won uh, a film contest and uh JJ's actually a Nepo baby actually <laughs> his I think his grandfather was in it was in the uh, was in the business too and uh JJ won a film contest and the price for that film contest was to actually take Steven Spielberg's uh some of Steven Spielberg's home movies and cut them together. And then that's when he met Kathleen Kennedy when he was like a teenager, which is interesting. But yeah, we're still going to get film announcements in London. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, yeah, Mac, I, I didn't hate Love and Thunder. I just you can't stop like the criticism of of general audiences and the overwhelming kind of disdain for that movie it's 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 rough um i like a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't like and i don't i don't like that <laughs> I, I it it really bugs me when i really like something and then the general masses don't like it and then the hardcore fans are like no that wasn't good uh derby says it's got to be thrown there's literally no one in this time period that would have thought of a plan or a life. yeah well I think it's more so Gideon. I think it's more so Gideon. And then Thrawn is kind of pulling the puppet strings from a distance. Because Thrawn is is nowhere close, I don't think. Um, but yeah, you got to look at all the expenses. The TIE Bombers, the TIE Interceptors, those aren't cheap. And just the massive fleet that showed up on Kalevala. It's... It's interesting. Yeah, I, I think we. Miss Sunfire says I just don't feel good about Tyka. I think we agree with that sentiment. Tyka's stock is really down right now, and uh, but if he makes a fantastic Star Wars film, that would be that would be an incredible thing. He'd be back. He did a wonderful job directing the last episode of the Mandalorian season one, and did a great job doing the voice of IG Eleven. That was terrific. And Mecca says, my prediction is for Thrawn to appear or talk in the finale post credit scene. That's what everyone kind of is assuming we're going to get this next episode, though, for the Mandalorian. We're kind of assuming that Ahsoka is going to show up, but who else is going to show up? Is it going to be Sabine? Are we going to get some Ezra? Shoot, maybe we get Thrawn. I mean, I don't know. Carl Weathers is directing. Dave Filoni co-wrote with John Favreau. Well, the only... Ms. Sunflower says, is there any reason for Lindelof's exit creative differences? The only thing we have is that on the screen right there. That's what he's saying. He alluded to the fact that it's very hard to make a Star Wars film, and if it's not great, it shouldn't exist. And I think we all agree with that. Take your time. Make the film, but it's been six years. It's going to be six years between films. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, cleaning up loose ends. Well, Derpy, uh, you're saying uh, Gideon isn't a problem anymore. Um, that conversation between those four uh, former Empire employees, uh, along with Eliac Um they have that little conversation... And that little kind of story that Gideon didn't make it to the uh, war tribunal. He actually escaped. That's like the rumor. Which you figure it happened because we all know Giancarlo Esposito is going to be in season three. So yeah, Miss Sunflower says Linda the last movie was never announced officially by Lucasfilm Right, Right. It was never announced. The only movies announced officially by uh, Lucasfilm are Rogue Squadron and Tyka's movie. So Rogue Well, there was an investor call where Rogue Squadron was featured and that's when we got the whole Patty Jenkins on Rollerblade skating towards the X-Wing on the tarmac. um, Which was going to be, apparently, the way the story goes, that was actually going to be a video they were going to show at 2020 Celebration. But we all know that 2020 Celebration never happened. So, Ooh, I like this idea. (laughs) Tim says, uh, perhaps I should consider Dan Trachtenberg as a director. He directed Prey, which was one of the best predator movies, movies since the original. It felt like a return to form, yet set in a different time period than the original. So this this film that Lindelof left, he wasn't directing. He was just kind of like a writer slash executive producer, producer role. And But I mean, he has a lot of experience. And it was nice to have someone who, he would have been kind of like the Feige type over like what Feige does over the MCU. But I really love Dan Trachtenberg and, um, he started off. I wouldn't say started off, but he was trying to be a director and podcasting simultaneously. He had one of the greatest podcasts of all time. Dan Trachtenberg did in the totally rad show. You can probably still look it up and, um, and watch the reviews. They they were based in Hollywood. They were getting invited to screenings. They would go do screenings, and they'd have a big green screen behind them with the trailers running behind them. Him, Alex Albrecht, and Jeff Canada, who is now on the uh, film cast, which is a podcast I listen to, and they're great. Uh, Trachtenberg has proved himself with Cloverfield Lane, and now Pray. I would really. I don't think Dan Trachtenberg would leave a Star Wars film. I mean, that... He's talented, but I think if he hit on a Star Wars film, that would put him several levels above where he's at now. He's at a great spot right now with Prey, with 20th Century Fox. It would have been very interesting to see, though, if that movie was released in theaters. It wasn't. It was released directly to Hulu. I think Prey would have made some decent cash. It was an awesome movie. So Derpy wants a musical comedy Star Wars film that's not canon. I'll watch that film in a heartbeat. But it's like, that would would be kind of interesting. But the position where Star Wars is now film-related, everyone's going to go see a Star Wars film and expect to be a continuation of what they've seen already. I think that's the general consensus. Until they just start releasing Star Wars films like Marvel does, just one every quarter or two a year. To where the public kind of gets what's going on. Because I, I'll never forget the confusion with Jen Erso and Rogue One. People were asking, is that, is that Ray? Did she get older? Did they change the actress? Yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard getting a movie. I think that's another logical progression. Um, the Obi-Wan series did not help Deborah Chow's. Positioning and impossibility and to do a film. I think. I think Deborah Chow still an incredible director, but I think the Obi Wan Kenobi uh, ser- show was was a little bit disappointing and not exactly what I think we were looking forward to and going to get. Um, Derby says, "Yeah, no, I'll pass on Flair. She's just as- <laughs> It looks like Miss Sunflower and Derpy are having a conversation. So, yeah, it's. It seems like Lucasfilm just doesn't have its footing. Um, yeah, I totally agree with that, Miss Sunflower. Kenobi suffered from low budget and too much shaky can, which was a weird choice. Very weird. It felt very small. Of course, it was filmed on the volume, it was very volume heavy. And they gave all the budget to Andor, which you would think is as a creative or a a head of a company, Obi-Wan, you know, is going to get more eyeballs than Andor. So why not make Obi-Wan the more spectacular of the two? Um, I don't know. That's that's an interesting decision. And um, the the rumors are that Kathleen Kennedy will not be president that much longer. some people say that it's a foregone conclusion that she's leaving after Indy 5. But you never know. I mean, we hear about the whole Kathleen Kennedy leaving thing all the time. All the time. So. And, of course, she has her detractors and haters. and But um, you got to think about her situation, too. I mean, she was thrust into being... The steward of Star Wars, and a lot, most of her films have made over a billion dollars. You can't argue with that. But how is she going to leave Star Wars? That's that's the real big thing. How how is she leaving Lucasfilm? In what state? The state of Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars in and of itself is going to get people in the theater no matter what. If it's Star Wars, people are going to show up. And I think with The Force Awakens, people thought it was good. It was a good starting off point. I did. I thought The Force Awakens was okay. We introduced all of our heroes. We have a new big three, Ray, Finn, and Poe. We have the original big three, Han, Luke, and Leia. We never got them in a scene together. But they all appeared at some point in the film. And then... The last Jedi happened, and that was a total kind of product that didn't give, I think a lot of hardcore fans exactly what they wanted and that was that really did split the fandom in half. And then I think solo was a casualty of that. Um, scheduling was horrible they 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 put it next to big time films like Infinity War and Deadpool 2. In May, and it's like I mean, you go to a movie theater. I just went to the local movie theater, and I took my wife and my two girls. And movie tickets plus concessions came out to like seventy four dollars. I mean, it's it's kind of insane. Um, so there's that. So this is interesting. Uh, Derpy says a forced tone in writing that all females just as smarter, talented or better than man in every way with no reason whatsoever, with no weaknesses or flaws she believes in that ideal aspect of feminism. Well I don't necessarily agree with that. I think the push for female-led stuff is there because it's just non-existent in the past. I mean, you can point to um, exceptions to the rule, like Ripley and Alien, uh, Linda Hamilton and Terminator, but I don't think there's a super conspiratorial agenda for females to to be kind of thrust upon everything. I mean, you look at Cal Kestis in the video games. I mean, you, you got him. The big three were two, still two, two men. And a woman, same formula, except you had a female lead, which we hadn't had before in a Star Wars film. So, I mean, it it wasn't that big big a deal, I think. And I always go back to that whole analogy where some people are just born really great at things. Uh, I've experienced that growing up in my life. Some people were just, seems like they came out of the womb being athletic and just got sports and I, I love sports growing up and I took to them, I think better than average, but I mean, some, some kids were just like spectacular and it's like how, and I think that's the same kind of thing with Ray. I mean, she just took to the, of course she's a Palpatine. We all found out spoiler alert. So Miss Sunflower says, I've never hated Kathleen Kennedy, but I never really liked her. I think Star Wars is a franchise that is too difficult to drive. I think my biggest, my biggest gripe with Kathleen Kennedy is the fact that she was not a Star Wars fan the way that I I think that you kind of need to be to run Lucasfilm. um." the best way possible. Sure, I mean, you can be you, you can have people hired over other people that really know the job well. Um I've been through those situations in life. It's not the best thing, but uh <laughs> I mean, Kathleen Kennedy did have like a wild successful career as a producer primarily with Steven Spielberg. Um and she did have successes without Spielberg. She did see Biscuit she did. Uh, I think the butterfly and the diving bell. I think that was critically heralded. But yeah, I, I we have to get someone that's that's super knowledgeable. I think with Star Wars, the person that jumps out to me is Feige. Feige's like the the guy, but of course he's he he has to handle Marvel. I mean, he has to get Marvel back on track now, which it's wild to say that it's kind of not what it was in the prior decade which was like just unstoppable a hit after hit after hit yeah i mean people are going to have different opinions and see things differently um but i think it was jj all along that the thing that drew J.J. to doing The Force Awakens was the fact that they had a female lead and they had to find a female to to lead Star Wars. And that's... I don't think that was really... That might have been a... Um, I'm forgetting the guy's first name, but the guy that wrote Little Miss Sunshine. I think it's Christopher Arndt? I'm not sure. But uh, it was kind of in the DNA of the story already. And that's what JJ says kind of pulled him to the story. And of course, I mean, there's so many similarities to a new hope that after a while, it's like, Oh my gosh, they just redid a new hope from a certain point of view. Um, Yeah. I mean, you can, you can argue that. I mean, they're, they're pushing females, but I mean, males were the dominant, gender. I mean, I mean, I've thought of movies too with females in the lead. So, I mean, to me, it's not a big deal. I think people make too big a deal of that. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, there's definitely a trend, but I don't think there's some type of like, okay, we cannot have men like being leads of, of anything and push like a female agenda or anything. I mean, I mean, If you want a female to lead, whatever, I mean, that's, that's creative choice, really. I don't think anyone's given, like, directives or anything to do this, this, and this. I mean, that's just kind of, it's just kind of the trend right now, which I don't really got any problem with, as long as it's a good character, good story. I think Filoni is, is truly the guy, um... Like I said before, it's like, where do we go from from the state that Star Wars is in? I mean, if, if Filoni swoops in and essentially saves the film part of Lucasfilm, that would be an incredible story. Yeah. Once, once they announced Feige's film, producing a film for Star Wars, I was like, uh, how's that really going to happen? And yeah, he's... He stretched way, way too thin. And I think now we're seeing the results of that, even just within the MCU. So Derpy says, uh, Kathy Kennedy lied about reading source material a lot. (laughs) I don't think it was a matter of lying. I, I just think she just didn't know the ramifications of saying stuff like, there's no deep history of star wars stuff so i think she was quoted as when they were talking about marvel versus star wars she was thinking about in general marvel has all these comic books all the history of comic books since for decades and decades and then star wars doesn't have that but i mean star wars has the eu they made that into legends they draw from that already so i mean it's kathleen kennedy is not responsible for creative decisions She's essentially just responsible for producing, which she pretty much produces on everything. And um, she kind of gets things done when they need certain things to be purchased or rented, um, scheduling. But, of course, she has Michelle Rez- Re- Michelle Rejwan as an understudy now, and, and she's moving up the ranks, too. And I kind of wonder how that's going to work. And she's, she's a young person. Yeah. I, I say this all the time. Filoni is not a business kind of guy. Filoni is a creative guy. 100% accurate. Um, I do like DC's model though, with Peter Safran and James Gunn, where Safran runs the numbers part of the house and Gunn handles the creative. There has to be something like that. I think with Filoni, if Filoni was truly, to ascend to the top, to approve creative stuff, but you really got to think about what Filoni is going to approve. I, I think Filoni is very, very strict because he was he was George Lucas's padawan, and George Lucas had a very strict mindset on what you can and cannot do with Star Wars, and Filoni might really adhere to that uh, to a T. Yeah, we don't really know what Favreau wants to do for the rest of his career. I mean, this would be a huge endeavor for him. And I don't think he's doing anything else outside of Disney. So, yeah, maybe Favreau does. Maybe it's kind of a... Even if Favreau is the only person at the top and takes over what Kennedy is, he's president of Lucasfilm, I think that would work out tremendously You could have that set up, and I would be down for it, because he already listens to Filoni. Filoni is basically his confidant. That's the person he goes to. So Tim says there's a big one here. Uh, Perhaps they could potentially use Mark Guggenheim to help with the creation of the future of Star Wars. Uh, His background is obviously television and DC Comics. But did it create the Arrowverse, which will it, um, which while it obviously had problems down the line, it also helped uh, create a massive crossovers across multiple shows. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, the source material argument is there, but I mean it's you gotta keep in mind that, that Star Wars Lucasfilm Disney, once they were purchased, they decided to establish new canon and they just moved all the other material to Legends and essentially didn't count um for what they were moving to in uh in the future. So that was probably Kathleen. Kennedy's reconciliation of, okay, there's nothing to draw from because it's not canon. Maybe that was her line of thinking. I don't know. I agree with this too, Miss Sunflower. I'd rather Filoni supervise the overall Star Wars lore and Favreau handle the overall production. Favreau has so many connections of both actors and directors and existence. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Filoni, I think, needs to be the person that greenlights and oversees all this stuff for it to actually kind of be cohesive, make sense, and planning, have the greater overall story. But you don't want to spread him too thin as well. Yeah, it looks like Miss Sunflower agrees with me. The DC model's looking good right now. I, I, I totally think that that could be a great way to progress and and put Star Wars back in that spot that it was. I mean, it, it, it was on top of pop culture, and it feels like it's starting to kind of sink a little bit. Um, you kind of have to ask yourself, without the Mandalorian, where would Star Wars be? And now Mandalorian is is not having the best ratings, so it almost seems like there has to be another big hit that star Wars Lucasfilm Disney has on their hands for star Wars, which is a crazy thing to say, but that's the state of things right now. And this is, uh, just kind of alarming news. I I didn't think we'd see more, more big names drop like this, but it is what it is. And, um, I just wanted to get on here and talk to people and, uh, See what everyone thought. And um, thanks for thanks for jumping on, guys, and participating here, um, dropping comments. Um, this is kind of an impromptu thing. I wanted to get James on here. James said he had to go to sleep. so. But thanks, everyone, for staying up or wherever you're at in the world, checking us out. Make sure uh, to like this video on YouTube. That really helps out the podcast and uh, join all of our socials. If you've seen prior videos, you kind of know where they're at. But, um, yeah, thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining me tonight. I wanted to kind of get everyone's thoughts. And, yeah, we're back in uh, kind of the same situation. Celebration's like two weeks away. And uh, more chaos. (laughs) And I'm sure we'll talk about it more for the Mandalorian pre-show, post-show, possibly. And we'll have other people on as well, other opinions and ideas. So. Can't wait for that, and uh, may the Force be with you all.